And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, guest host Fanchon Stinger joins Ray in the studio to reflect on seven years of the Truth at Work Conference and preview the 2018 event. Out of everything I do every year, all the events I do, all the speaking and traveling, I tell people this all the time, this is the most important event to me of the year. And it's because we are truly giving people what they need to succeed in their faith and really in their life. Hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. And as you know, this is the program where we love to bridge the gap between faith and business in the marketplace and leadership. And today's a special program. I actually have a co-host with me <laughs> in studio today. I'd like you to join me in welcoming my dear friend, Fanchon Stinger. Fanchon, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about what we're going to do today. Well, we're going to do something fun. It's going to be fun. And different. Yes. You know, normally yes. um, we interview one person here at Bottom Line Faith, and we hear their story and so forth. But Truth at Work, we have an annual conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, It occurs every fall. As of recording this program, we're in our seventh year, and you are our MC for that event. And I am honored to be the MC. You know, Ray, out of everything I do every year, all the events I do, all the speaking and traveling, I tell people this all the time, this is the most important event to me of the year. And it's because we are truly giving people what they need to succeed in their faith and really in their life. Yeah. So this is such important work, and and what a blessing the people we get to learn from yeah, on yeah, this day. Yeah, without question. And that's kind of a great segue, because what we thought we'd do on this episode of Bottom Line Faith is bring you into studio as our MC for the event, and we're going to kind of just celebrate mm-hmm. some of these amazing speakers that we've had over the years. We're going to do a couple of things. We're going to listen and hear from some previous high-profile mm-hmm. speakers. We have some of the best in the world You'll come. recognize most of them, probably. Yeah, going to be people that you're going to know, you're going to recognize, and you're going to love what you hear from them. And we're also going to hear from some of our speakers for the 2018 event, the event itself hasn't taken place as of the it's recording. It's packed. It's going to be this, so great. Yeah. But they've all been guests yes. here at Bottom Line Faith prior to this. So you might be listening to this program right before the event, which is November 9th, 2018, or you might be listening to this after the event. So, Fanchon, are you ready to get started? Let's do it. I'm excited. Well, one of my favorite guests in all the years was Ann Byler. Ann Byler yes. is the founder, literally, yep. and creator yes. of Auntie Ann's Pretzels. My wife will tell you she loves the, the <laughs> wheat pretzel with the hot caramel sauce. Oh, uh, I haven't had that one. It's a good one. But uh, she was our guest, one of yeah, our speakers so at gracious. the 2017 17, yes. 2017. conference. Yes. And let's listen to a soundbite from Ann, and then we're going to come back and see what it means to us. At that point, I decided to stop whining about what I didn't have. Y'all know you can do nothing with what you don't have. I know, that's so profound. But really, how much time do we spend wishing we would have something that somebody else has? You can do nothing with what you do not have. When we focus, though, on what we have, Over time, we realize that what we have is far greater than what we don't have. Fanchon, what what an amazing quote. Oh, my gosh. 
from from Ann Byler. And the context of her comments there was she had previously just talked about that she did not get her high school diploma yep. until age 50. 50 years old, yeah. And how for her whole life that could have held her back from great successes. But she never focused on what she didn't have. Yeah. She focused on the gifts and passions that God had given her. What are your thoughts around that? Well, it's so funny because so often when we bring these speakers in, you and I get to really get to know them behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And when Anne came in, she and I clicked right away. I didn't really understand the depths of why she and I clicked. Um, but her book, Twists of Faith, goes into a little bit more detail of her story. And here she's talking about how easy it is for us to compare ourselves to each other. And in terms of being a leader, that can be such an obstacle, can turn into such an obstacle that the enemy can use against us. And when she talks about how they came up with the recipe for those <laughs> yeah. Auntie Anne's pretzels, which I've already said they're my favorite pretzels. I know where all the Auntie Anne stands are in every airport that I travel in. That's how much I love them. But anyway, I told her that. She cracked up. But when they started their business, they did not have a recipe for a good pretzel. Their pretzels were basically not that great. Mm-hmm. They did not know that they had within all of that, what looked like a mess, the recipe for the most successful pretzel company in the world. That's right. That's right. And I remember uh, I got a chance to talk with her a little bit as well. And uh, I said, you know, hey, and when you come to speak at an event like here at the Truth at Work Conference, I said, do you get asked to bring samples? Right. Right. How often do you get asked to bring samples? And I remember her telling me, she says, I get asked that all the time, but she says, we never do it because she said, it's got to be perfect it's got to be perfect for the customer to have the experience that it's designed for them to have. And it just sets around too long in a sample mm-hmm. setting and that sort of thing. And so what you just talked about, it was a miracle. It's a miracle. Like literally a, a one in 10 million shot, how they yeah. came about. And you can read about it in yeah. her book, her right? Bu- her book is fascinating. And so it was a miracle that her, that recipe came together. It wasn't by her design. It was her it, husband. It was her husband. Mm-hmm. A miracle. And... She said, and we only are going to serve it with perfection. Yeah. And that's the incredible height of commitment that Anne has in her faith and in business. Yeah. And if you think about those pretzels, you always smell them before you see them. <laughs> no, seriously. And that is part of probably why she was that's saying right. that, because that's she doesn't right. want them sitting around, because part of that Auntie Anne's experience is smelling them before you enjoy them. And she talks in the book about watching people's faces in terms of how yeah. that how much that meant to her in terms of people enjoying those pretzels. Yeah, It's incredible. They're just pretzels, but boy, is there a deep story in there for success, confidence, and faith. I mean, to look at what you're working with and say, I don't know how this is even going to turn into anything, but just to have the faith that God knows. And if it doesn't look like it's coming together, you have no idea what he's capable of doing. That's right. And where he has you. So it's neat. One of the other just she will tell you she was the least likely, yes. least qualified for this kind of success. And yet one of the most successful mm-hmm. women, let alone Christian businesswomen in the country's history. And it wasn't because of her qualifications. Mm-hmm. It was because of her calling. Yeah. And she talked about that. So, Fanchon, while we're on this topic of calling and what we're to pursue in our calling, one of my favorite speakers of all time at our conference was Phil Fisher. Yeah, VeggieTales. Yeah, the creator mm-hmm. of VeggieTales. I think it was 2016 yep. Yep. that he was at the conference. And uh, let's listen to this clip and see what we can learn from Phil. Beware your dreams, for dreams make dangerous friends. We all have them, longings for a better life, a happy marriage, world-changing work, but dreams are, I have come to believe, misplaced longings, false lovers. Why? Because God is enough. 
just God. And He isn't enough because He can make all your dreams come true. No, you've got Him confused with Santa or Merlin or Oprah. The God who created the universe is enough for us even without our dreams, without the better life, the happy marriage, the world-changing work. God was enough for the martyrs facing lions and fire, even when the cavalry didn't show up and save the day, even when the lions and the fire won. And God is enough for you. But we can't discover the truth of that statement while we're clutching to our dreams. We have to let them go. In 2003, my dream died, and I discovered once all the noise had faded away, what I had been missing all along. The impact that God has planned for us does not occur when we're pursuing impact. It occurs when we're pursuing God. So, Fanchon, what did you, you take away from Phil? And you know what? For most of us in the professional lives that we lead, we are focused on goals and we're focused on outcomes. And you can get so wrapped up in your goals and your outcomes that you forget what's most important. And it may be that God wants to do something different with your goal or your outcome. And he had to take, strip that. And sometimes he has to strip us from certain things and take us through the desert in order for us to refocus on what's most important, which is him. And there can, be a, there can be a huge blessing in probably our deepest valleys if we just learn to trust him. That's where I, I mean, that, what Phil said really spoke to me because you always think about, I want my, the mission of my ministry or my work to, to have impact and to do something, yeah. to reach people. But really the focus is our goals that God's using through us for his work, what he wants us to do. Well, I was just reflecting on a couple things he said there. He, he said, dreams make for dangerous friends. Oh, yeah. Right, and, and we can get so locked into pursuing our dreams, and as Phil said, pursuing our impact, that we fail to really pursue God. So those things become distractions. That's right. And what does the enemy always want to do? Distract us. Get us off track. Mm-hmm. Get us off track. Well, Fanchon, you know, we, we learned from Phil Vischer, as we just said, that mm-hmm. the, where to pursue impact yes. is in that relationship with God. And then that reminded me of what we heard from Dan Cathy. Yeah the CEO of Chick-fil-A back in 2014. Let's listen to what he has to say about impact, and then let's come back and talk about it. And we're never going to have an impact in society and culture as business people, I think what he was saying, until we get into the realm of the second mile. And why is that? Well, the first mile is what we do from the head. May I take your order, please? Clean restrooms, soap in the dispensers, two pickles and a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's what people are paying for. That's what they expect. But if it's just tit for tat, if we just give you what you expect, you know, that's, that's never going to be remarkable. It's really not going to help us accomplish our overall mission of impacting people's lives. That's just giving people what they expect. As business people, we got to be really, really good at measuring and having systems and processes that would at least deliver what people really expect. It's a great exercise if you'd like to take a flip chart, draw a line down a piece of paper. If I had a chart, flip chart, I'd do it here for you. But you'd ask yourself, what our customers really expect in the first mile? And are we consistently delivering on that? I think that's a very part of our spiritual heritage is to deliver on what people expect of us to do. But on the other side of that ledger, line is the second mile. So if the first mile is about what we do from the head, the second mile has to be what we do from the heart. 
The first smile is about what they have in the DVD, the DVD players or online learning or whatever uh, learning mechanism you use. But the second mile is learning to obey those warm-hearted impulses. The first mile results in a transaction. The second mile results in a relationship. And Jesus was far more concerned about relationships than he was the transaction. But we have to have the transaction, perhaps, to get us to that relationship. So, Fanchon, what we heard there from Dan Cathy from Chick-fil-A was really the difference between relationship and transaction. The first mile, the second mile. The first mile, that's just the normal business stuff, right? That's what's expected of you. Yeah, the blocking and tackling, the the, the delivery of the product or the service. But it was that second mile, going the extra distance is where the impact comes around relationship. What, What thoughts do you have around that? Well, when I was listening to that, I was thinking about Philippians, when the Lord tells us to think on whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely. And then at the end, he says, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy. Excellence was the cornerstone for how Jesus teaches us to pursue and do everything with excellence. You know, and Dan Cathy, I mean, Chick-fil-A has, I mean, every time I go there, I see something that I'm amazed at. And it's just the pursuit and the commitment to doing it with excellence. And as believers, that's how we need to show up every single day. It's a reminder. You know, to show up with excellence, be there early, stay late, be willing to get in the trenches with people, just love on people. Yeah. And it really was what Jesus was talking about, yes. turning the cheek, as he said out of this passage, go the extra mile. I recently did an experiment. I was thinking about what Dan had taught us at the conference. And so I recently took a Saturday morning and I sat in a Chick-fil-A over in a corner for really? an hour, for a whole hour. And I wasn't actually watching. I was watching the the employees and the managers. Mm-hmm. I was watching the customers. What did you see? What I saw astounded me because because of the extra mile that they the customers were receiving from Chick Fil A, these were different types of customers. They were allowing each other to get in line mm. in front of one another, smiling um, probably. They were smiling. Probably smiling more. They were kind. <laughs> I watched. They were getting ketchup for one another. They were helping get each other's drinks. It was amazing to me. Do unto others as you would yes. have them do unto you. And so we saw that the impact of going that extra mile, that second mile that Dan talked about, going from transaction into relationship. And perhaps in that second mile, that's where compassion becomes contagious. And I'm glad you said that because <laughs> one of the other amazing guests we've had yeah. at our conference was way back in 2012 when Tony Dungy oh. talked to us about relationship. started thinking about the coaches that I had who I enjoyed and who I thought helped me the most. And it wasn't the guys who were yellers or screamers or the, the guys who were so demanding. It was the, the, the coaches that helped me improve. But that was going to be short term. Uh, and if I wasn't helping them improve as a person, as a man and grow, I was doing one, one fourth or one fifth of my job. There is a, a deeper purpose. And uh, I've got to help these guys not only be better players, but become better men. So so being there to, to support people, but doing it in an encouraging way, in a loving way, and sharing the God's way yeah. is just so critical. It, it, it doesn't take anything but the desire to help and see a situation and say, I, I can make a difference. You could think, well, that's not my job. Okay, my job is to win 
and I don't want to step across the lines here. I see this going on in this player's life, or I hear about this, but is that really my job? And I've seen some people make that mistake, and it is our job. Mm -hmm. It is our job. Um, boss, employee, co-worker, forget about those lines. That's one thing about Jesus. He, he didn't have those lines of, of social, this is okay, this isn't okay. If I can help someone, be available. Don't worry about what society says, how oh, you shouldn't do that. Or not, don't talk about that at work, or it's, it's not the place. Always a place to help someone. So Fanchon, as we heard from Coach Dungy about it's always the right time to build relationship and do the right thing, what comes to mind for you? You know, as I was thinking from talk, I was, you know, I've had a chance to have conversations with him outside of that conference. And then I've also had a chance to talk with some of the guys that he has coached. And to listen to those young men talk about the impact he has had on them, what he just said is exactly what I hear from his players. He taught me how to be a brother man, better man. He taught me how to be a better father. And Tony Dungy shared a story with me at one point. He said that he used to have a family day for practice, and he would let the kids, the players, come in. And in the beginning, Peyton was kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, da, da, da. But when Peyton became a father and he went to Denver, he instituted that family day <laughs> and made sure that those kids and his children were at the practice facility at least one day a week. And that was because of the seeds and the leadership of Tony Dungy. I mean, it's beyond football, yeah. and that's what he lives and breathes. And those, and you can see it in the men that he has touched in their lives. Well, one of you those know? men that we're going to hear from is actually Casey Crawford. Ah, uh, Casey was actually drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an NFL player, and the year after Coach Dungy left Tampa to come here to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey was fortunate enough to win a world championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Casey's one of our speakers for the 2018 event, and we recently had a chance to interview him for the Bottom Line Faith program. And uh, amazing story about Casey. He started a mortgage company in 2008. Wow. A mortgage company That's in crazy. 2008. That's when the whole, the collapse of the mortgage industry. That's right. But he stepped into this and he says, we're going to do something different. We're going to be different. We're going to be a disruptor. Today, they've got over 5,000 employees doing some amazing things. Incredible. And we're going to talk about a couple of clips. Let's hear what Casey Crawford has to say about his faith in leadership. An imperative is that you must commit to acting in the long-term best interest of another. Every, that is an imperative to be a part of this community. If you are not willing to commit to loving and valuing people, to acting in their long-term best interest, uh, we say you shouldn't be a part of this community, period. That, that's why that's our purpose statement. That's our collective community commitment purpose statement to loving people. I think when you do that, a lot of really good decisions line up. So one of the things we're known for is giving people a full credit decision, underwriting them before they ever start shopping for a house. And we do that because we believe that you should know how much you can afford before you start shopping. These, well, kind of, these simple concepts, right? <laughs> uh, people said we were crazy at the time. You can't do that. That's too much resource. You, you're, you're wasting your underwriters. And we go, no, but fundamentally, if my little sister was going to go buy a home, first thing I'd have her do, give me all your documents. Give me a, Let me have our credit decision maker look at all this and give you an idea of how much you should buy. Not how much you want to buy, how much you should buy. And so I said, if I was going to do that for my little sister, what, why wouldn't I do it for yours and yours and your brother and, and, and anyone? I said, because we want to love and value people. So we want to act in their long-term best interest. So we started doing that. That has now become 10 years later. Everyone is saying all of a sudden going, you know what? 
So really, I think we should underwrite people before they start shopping for a house. Um, and I take no credit for that. That was my partner who came up with those good ideas. But it was simple, I think, true north yeah, like that yeah. informs so many business processes. And people, I think, neglect to see that a lot of times. If you really just think about what is the best thing to do for your customers and your teammates, man, it helps make a lot of decisions pretty straightforward and easy. So, Fanchin, don't, don't you just love this comment? I love it. That love Mm-hmm. means to continually act in the best interest of another. And that's how Casey and his team have built that company. Well, it reminds me of that scripture. I can't remember where it's found, but always considering other people's interests as more important than your own. Yes. And when you're serving in business or wherever you're serving, what capacity that you're dealing with people, to really think about the person's interest above maybe the bottom line, you getting the deal or whatever it is, but really making sure that you put that person's best interest before. It it can transform. And he, I mean, he's a prime example of how quickly God can use that type of heart. Well, without question. And, you know, he's still a young man, but to see the incredible success that God has allowed he and the team at Movement Mortgage to have, and it's all around this building of community yeah. in their culture. And it's with that in mind that I want to check out this second clip okay. from Casey Crawford. At that time, right, our country is in the largest financial crisis since the Great Depression. And really, the epicenter of that financial crisis was centered around the mortgage industry and the mortgage market. And we not only brought down our nation's economy, we brought down the world economy because of a lot of corruption, greed, and lack of integrity that was so pervasive in this space. And, and Americans had fundamentally lost hope and trust in financial services as a whole. And so the picture I started to have, God going, man, what would it look like? What would it look like if we started a financial services company that really loved our customers? So, man, if we really gave people loans that were going to be accretive to their family owning a home, not going not to stress them out, put them in debt where they have a foreclosure, but actually help them realize the American dream of home ownership that we know leads to greater wealth building and leads yeah. to greater family stability, you know, but never do that inappropriately. What if you create a place, man, where we're at work, in the work environment, actually people were coming, getting drawn closer to Christ, that they were really being loved, they were, that we were going to act in their long-term best interest by helping them be physically fit, emotionally fit, spiritually developed, and be a part of something with a purpose beyond simply making a profit. And so with that vision, with that enthusiasm, we, we set out with uh, in 2008 and said, man, um, we want to start a new kind of financial service company in the United States and change the bar. We know we're not going to serve every family. But what we think we can do is change what excellence looks like yeah. in the entire marketplace. And my partner and I started the company. We had four employees. And yeah, over the last 10 years, we've grown to about 4,000 um, employees. We're doing one out of every 70 home purchases now in the U.S., um, about 600 offices. And man, we have just seen God move in incredible ways in the last decade. And it has been exceedingly much more than we could have hoped or imagined at that time. So one of the interesting things about Casey's story is it's much like we heard from Phil Vischer in that before the vision got really accomplished and things started happening, he went through a series and a season of be, just being broken down before the Lord, being humbled. And that's really an important part of the story. And I think that's really encouraging to people watching, because we all go through the valleys. We all go through those hard times, the trials. We're questioning, God, am I doing the right thing? Why is this happening? What's going on? But just resting in the faith that God knows what he's doing. He knows what he needs to teach us. And look at what's come out of that. But he set out with that big vision. Yeah. And then they implemented it in a way that had never, never been, been done, done before. There's two things that, that I've learned about movement mortgage that were radically in disruption. Number one is their algorithms and the way they do mortgages will not let someone borrow more money than they should. 
And that's revolutionary. And that's revolutionary. Depending on, you know, looking at where we were. Never been done before. Yeah, wow. The second thing, and this one blows my mind, they actually get a mortgage through underwriting in under seven days. Now that, I have, that's, a, that's incredible. And the folks who will hear from Casey at our conference, they're going to hear about what it means to be a disruptor, but it starts out with doing something like that's never been done before. That's how you disrupt something. Right, yeah. And doing it well with excellence and, and compassion. And doing it well and with excellence and compassion. And we all love the success story, that's like right. after the success mm-hmm. story, but we don't always know what went into the breakdown and the humility that's to make right. it a success story. And that's really a great segue then to the next speaker that we're going to have at our conference in 2018 is a very famous face that maybe a lot of people don't know his name, and that's actor Kevin Sorbo. Oh, yes. And I remember remember as a young kid watching the Hercules television Mm -hmm. series, and for six years it was the number one rated show in the world. I didn't know that. Yes, number one syndicated show in the world. And when we sat down and we learned from Kevin... That God brought him through. Here he was, a very famous actor, big strong guy, lots yes. of muscles, but something happened and it broke him down. And Kevin's got a powerful story of how God used his brokenness to bring him back into relationship with him. And let's listen to what happened. I was having problems with my left shoulder. I couldn't figure what was going on with it. And these three fingers were numb and cold all the time. And I was like, I was doing all my own stunts. I'm working 14 hours a day. I'm lifting weights two hours a day. I mean, I was... I was maybe averaging four to four and a half hours of sleep a night. And I, and I was doing, like I said, most of my own stunts. So I kind of blew it off. My doctor back uh, home here in Los Angeles, I told him what's going on. He said, you know, you do a lot of stunts, Kevin. You probably hit your ulnar nerve like hockey players do. That can create the numbness down here. And that could last for months, he said. So I blew it off. I go t- and I come back home to do my first big publicity machine for my first movie. Go back to LA. My doctor finds a lump way up here in my left subclavicle. He thought it was cancer. Didn't tell me that at first. Told me this afterwards. And he said, we need to do a biopsy. We need to check this thing out. And I said, okay. But I went to see my chiropractor, who I've been seeing for eight years. And I, thought, I lay on the table. I heard a voice inside my head said, don't let him crack your neck. I thought, that's so weird. He has never cracked my neck ever in eight years. He knows I don't like a crack. Voice says it again. So I'm arguing with the voice in my head. He cracks my neck. That uh, lump ended up being an aneurysm. Oh, I'd have been my. spitting blood clots on my arm for, for months. That crack forced three of the clots in my brain. I suffered three strokes. One speech, one vision, one balance. Fortunate, I guess, in one way, because it could have killed me instantly, could be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. But um, I went from a guy that was in better shape than most athletes in their 20s, and I'm in my 30s at this time, to a guy that couldn't even stand up and walk. I spent the next four months learning how to even stand up and balance again. And it was uh, three years to the road to recovery for me. I've always been a Christian, but I never needed faith. Yeah until this huge roadblock entered my life. So Fanchon, as you listen to what Kevin went through and just that physical breakdown and God bringing Kevin back to himself, what are your thoughts around that? You know, I think about brokenness and I think about being brokenhearted. And I once heard a sermon that sticks with me to this day, that God uses brokenness in our life. It really is grace Mm -hmm. because it forces us to really decide and contemplate, do I believe what I say I believe? Lord, am I going to trust you through this to bring me through it? And it's an opportunity for for God to show his grace in our life and to bring us and to refine us. And if we just stick with him through those things, like Kevin did in his faith, God can bring us out on the other side and use it more for his glory 
and more to reach other people. And look what Kevin's doing today. It, it is amazing. He's he's one of the, the most, uh, he's one of the busiest actors in Hollywood, yeah. and God's using him. He's been in the God's Not Dead movies. He was in Star Trek, Andromeda. He was obviously Hercules for a number of years. He's been in over 50 movies in the course of his mm-hmm. career. And God really has used him through brokenness. Yeah. And caused him now to have some of the most high-profiled worldly success. And what a actor. testimony. And what a testimony. Yeah. And that actually brings another great segue. Yeah. At least I believe it's a great segue <laughs> to David Green. Talk about oh, a man who gosh. God has positioned with unbelievable worldly success. So much favor. That's founder and CEO of Hobby Lobby. Yeah. One of the most profitable companies, not only in America, but in the world. 100% family-owned business and God is blessing it. Let's listen to this clip about David's story of faithfulness before he had worldly success, how God spoke to him that eventually led to worldly success. There was an event that I went to a a huge assembly where there was missionaries from all over the world that were assembled there. And I remember them taking up an offering for literature, for these missionaries to have literature of the gospel that they could use in their countries. And I don't know what I gave on that particular moment, but at the time that I was flying home on an airplane, I knew God was saying to me, you need to give $30,000. And we were a very, very small company. And I said, how in the world? We can't give 30000 I knew that didn't come from me, but but we talked, and I talked to my wife, Barbara, and said, I think God, and I know God, is asking us to give $30,000, so why don't we write four checks, $7,500 apiece, four months, post-date them, and send them in, and give the $30,000. Well, what happened, I found out that those things were post-dated on when four missionaries stayed over after this assembly, and they were praying, because they didn't really have enough money for all of these to have the gospel. And I got a call and the call said, you know, this happened. And and I knew that God had spoken to me. And so it was that time and moment I knew that God could use a merchant and that I was in God's will and what I was doing. Fanchon, isn't that amazing? I'm going to tell you what, faith in action. Faith in action. The guy went and, <laughs> and, and it was like, God said, I want you to give $30,000. And he said, I don't have the 30000 but what did he do? He gave it. He, yeah. You, you talk about BHAGs. That's what I think about. Big, hairy, audacious, God-sized goals. That's right. That's right. So he acted out of faith. Yeah. And in my interview with David, he over and over again pointed back to that moment of faithfulness, and he said, look, if we can be faithful with the little things, God's going to give us much. Now today, over 600 stores, billions of dollars of profits, they're giving away to kingdom enterprises all around the world. And look at the example in terms of them standing in the gap. Even when things have gotten hard for them, they have stood on the truth of the gospel. They have not wavered, and God has blessed them and continues to use their company as an example for all of us. That's right. And and one more clip. I just it's going to okay. be a short one, yep. but I want to sh- I want folks to hear this because David was a little different than the rest of his family. The rest of his family were pastors and mm. missionaries. Let's listen to this short clip that David knew there was something different about his life. My junior and senior year I, I took uh, this distributive education. I worked. I was usually out of school by 11 o'clock, and I was at work at the local five-and-dime store. So I loved going to work, and I loved doing the displays, and I loved just seeing 
buying and selling merchandise. And so uh, at the age of about 16, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a retailer. I know that I am called to be a retailer, and I know that God also anoints me the same as he anoints a pastor. And I think he anoints all of us in whatever, whatever field that he has given us. He has given me this field of retail, and I know that God anoints me in what I do, as he does all of us, I think, in whatever he asks us to do. So isn't that amazing? It's so encouraging. Fanchon, that yeah. that he knew from a very young age, all the way back in high school, that God was calling him to be different. And we talk a lot about that in, yeah. here at Bottom Line Faith is that unique calling that God has placed on us. So as you listen and heard from David talk about knowing he was designed to be a retailer, what thoughts come to mind? Well, overall, this conference and all these speakers, the, the underlying thing is encouragement, encouraging yes. us to stay in the gap and to trust the Lord and where he has us. And, I, and when I think about that story, I, that's what I think about. You know, a lot of us probably feel like we're the oddball out in so many ways, working in the marketplace, but being a believer in the marketplace and, and really trying to be an ambassador for Christ. But that is encouragement for us just to have faith in the process that God has put before us and have faith in what he has put inside us in terms of how he wants us to use that for his glory and to affect other people for him. That's right. And that really is the purpose of our annual conference yeah. is to bring high profile people that people want to hear from, right? They, yeah. they, they acknowledge that these people have had success, but most importantly, that these successful people acknowledge where their success has come from. They're leading and living biblically. Yeah. And so that's really why we host the conference. Your word was encouragement. We yeah. want them to just be encouraged to live out their faith in the marketplace. And so, folks, come to the Truth at Work conference. Check it out, truthatwork.org forward slash conference. Whether you're listening to this in 2018, 2019, or beyond, check out that website and you will learn about the annual conference. Fanchon, thanks for joining us Thank in studio you. today. This has been so fun. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure it to has. do something not on stage, That's but right. backstage. And we do hope, if you're listening, that you will join us at the conference. We'd love to meet you. And remember, stay in community, stay in fellowship, and always stay in faith. And there you have it. Folks, thanks for joining us on this very special episode of Bottom Line Faith, the program where we love to bridge the gap between faith and business. Until next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert, saying God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.